This is the Emergency Medical Minute, sponsored by Mile High Ambulance. Hey, EMM. We are excited to announce that we are now accepting applications for our second annual Diversity and Inclusion Award. The award is eligible to fourth-year med students identifying as underrepresented in medicine and are applying to EM residencies. We are extending three $200 awards to selected individuals following a blinded review of all applications. Applications will be accepted through the end of November, with winners being announced mid-December. Check out our website at www.emergencymedicalminute.org edi-award for all the details and to access the free application. Or you can click on the link in our show notes. Thank you. Okay, we're going to do a medical minute uh, that talks about local anesthetics, one of the most used drugs that we have here and that we use all the time. Okay, so uh, there's two types of local anesthetics, the two major groups. Which ones, which ones are they? Do you, does anyone remember? The amide anesthetics and the ester anesthetics, right? And the reason why that's important is because oftentimes people will say, I'm allergic to one. And then if you, if basically they're allergic to everything in that class. So the easy way to remember that is amide has an I in it and amide anesthetics have two eyes. Okay. So those are things like lidocaine, like marcaine, like bupivacaine, whereas ester anesthetics only have one eye. So those are things like cocaine or tetracaine. Okay. So that's an easy thing, an easy way to remember. So if someone's allergic to an amide anesthetic, which is what we usually use, and they have, let's say, a cut. What can you use instead to numb them up? Cocaine. Yeah, sure. Let's just put a line, line of cocaine on there. And yes, that is a possibility. Uh, but we don't usually carry as much cocaine as we used to in the olden days. That's kind of fallen out of favor. Yep, subjectively. Yeah, in some in some patient populations, they still use a lot. But you can use Benadryl. So oftentimes Benadryl, if people are allergic to an amide uh, local anesthetic, you can use Benadryl to numb them up, okay? So um, there's different anesthetics that we use here, and I'm just going to go over the ones that we use here at Swedish, which is lidocaine and lidocaine with epi, okay? Why do we add epinephrine, by the way, to local anesthetics? So it helps them not bleed as much, so that's one reason. What's the other reason? Keeps it local. Okay, what's the other reason? Makes it last longer great and the last reason it makes it less toxic okay because what we worry about is with if you let's say have someone who got in a samurai sword fight right and you're using boatloads of local anesthetic then we have to worry about toxicity from the anesthetic and if you actually add epinephrine to it and it stays local longer then it becomes less toxic so for example with lidocaine, it's four milligrams per kilogram of non-epi lidocaine is toxic, whereas it's seven, seven uh, milligrams per kilogram of lidocaine with epi that's toxic. Okay, So that's a central understanding principle. So with this, we are doing a lot more regional analgesia. So you've seen a lot of people get hip locks, right? So let's ask when we're putting a lot of local anesthetic in someone and someone starts either saying, oh, I feel dizzy or starts getting confused, right? Or let's say starts slowing their speech. What should you be worried about? Toxicity. So what do you call that, that type of toxicity? Last, right? Which sounds sort of local anesthetic systematic toxicity, okay? And this is something really important for all of you to know when we do these blocks, because if you don't recognize this early, what can happen is people can continue to progress and then they can go to cardiovascular collapse and die. 
right? If you recognize it early, we have a really great chance to intervene on these patients and prevent them from really bad outcomes, okay? So what's the uh, antidote for last? We give them fat, right? Just a bag of fat, intralipids. And that creates a lipid sink that basically sucks up all the extra local anesthetic so that people don't have as much toxicity, okay? So here at Swedish, if you don't know, we have actually have a lipid rescue bag that's in the Pixis. If you've never seen this, then again, it's something that you should recognize this as a potential complication of the procedures that we do. If you recognize it, you should tell your clinician, hey, I think this person's not acting right after they got their hip lock or after they got local anesthetics. And then we should actually bring this kid out and start giving it to them. And oftentimes the recognition we get is that you're actually calling a code blue uh, because that person's either needing CPR, et cetera. So, this is something all of you should know about. And fortunately, the instructions are all right in the bag, okay? So this is something where this is a good practice that you actually have the instructions on how to give the life-saving medication that we rarely have to give right in the bag. And if you have to remember one number, that number is 100, okay? So an easy number to remember. Uh, and that's, you give basically bolses of 100 milliliters of intralipid, you start the drip off at uh, 0.25 milligrams per kilogram per hour, uh, which for most people ends up to be kind of around 100-ish, okay? And then you stop when you get to 10 milligrams per kilogram. So that's all kind of, you can even remember 100 and other multiples of it, you're gonna do fine by the people, or just read the damn instructions, they're in the bag, okay? So in summary, local anesthetics, extremely useful. No amides versus esters and how to recognize the difference when people have allergies. Benadryl is a great rescue if you can't anesthetize someone who needs to be numbed. Okay? And then when we do blocks, know the signs and symptoms of local anesthetic systematic toxicity or last because it's life-threatening, but not if you treat it early. And the, and the antidote is intralipid that we have in our Pixis. Go team. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Health One Continental Division, and Swedish Medical Center for their financial contributions to the EMM. Donations from them and listeners like you make it possible for us to fulfill our mission of producing and spreading free medical education to the masses. If you enjoy our show, please consider making a one-time or reoccurring donation to help cover our operational costs and keep the EMM awesome. Click on the link in our show notes to make a donation. Thank you for listening.